stability, our joy, our refining fire. It's not easy, but God didn't call us to easy. He called us to higher things, promising that when we lose our life, we will find it. So this is the day to single out women who have carried and birthed life, who adopted children as their own, who raise and teach their children day in and day out, who do seemingly impossible things all the time. And I didn't understand sacrifice and dying to oneself until I became a mother. So I came across this poem maybe six years ago whilst reading Chris Vallotton's book, Fashion to Rain. He highlighted this poem by Christiana, I think it's Mars, called Motherhood. And every time I read it, I walk away feeling connected to this internal purpose of motherhood. And I'm excited by motherhood. So whenever I feel hopeless or it's just been a rough day, I read this and I have the fuel to keep going. So I wanted to encourage all the mothers with it today. And I need to get that ready. So here we go. Hopefully I don't cry. So my willingness to carry life is the revenge, the antidote, the great rebuttal of every murder, every abortion and every genocide. I sustain humanity. Deep inside of me life grows. I am death's opposition. I have pushed back the hand of darkness today. I have caused there to be a weakening tremor among the ranks of those set on earth's destruction. Today a vibration that calls angels to attention echoed throughout time. Our laughter threatened hell today. I dined with the greats of God's army. I made their meals and tied their shoes. Today I walked with greatness and when they were tired I carried them. I have poured myself out for the cause today. It is finally quiet, but life stirs inside of me, gaining strength. The pulse of life sends a constant reminder to both good and evil that I have yielded myself to heaven and now carry its dream. No angel has ever had such a privilege, nor any man. I am humbled by the honour. I am great with destiny. I birthed the freedom fighters. In the great war, I am a leader of the underground resistance. I smile at the disguise of my troops, surrounded by a host of warriors, destiny swirling, invisible yet tangible, and the anointing to alter history. Our footsteps marked land for conquest. We move undetected through the common places. Today I was the barrier between evil and innocence. I was the gatekeeper, watching over the hope of mankind, and no intruder trespassed. There is not an hour of day or night when I turn from my post. The fierceness of my love is unmatched on earth. And because I smiled instead of frowned, the world will know the power of grace. Hope has feet and it will run to the corners of the earth because I stood up against destruction. I am a woman, I am a mother. I am the keeper and sustainer of life here on earth. Heaven stands in honour of my mission. No one else can carry my call. I am the daughter of Eve. Eve has been redeemed. I am the opposition of death. I am a woman. So that's it. So yeah, I hope that just encourages us to think of motherhood in that way. Because when I first read that, I was like, that is something worth doing. And it's something worth doing well. Yeah. Let's just close our eyes, lift our hands, give the Lord our full attention. Father, thank you for the privilege of coming into your presence again.
someone like you. Wonderful Jesus, thank you for the precious blood. Thank you for the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the power of your resurrection. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit, wonderful comforter. We come tonight to love you, to adore you, to magnify you. I pray that people around the world tonight would be shaken at the core, the power of the Spirit of God and the power of the gospel. That, Lord, you'd fill the house with glory tonight. Come on, agree with me. That you would fill the house with glory tonight. The wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit would be our everything, our world. We love you. We give you all the glory. Thank you for the privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord.
happy Mother's Day to everybody. And uh, just a little response to Sam. I feel... Um, I feel I want to thank the mums, this generation's of mums. I think I want to encourage you because, you know, I, I, I do get to um, see a lot of people in that age group and um, I think it's exciting because we have a generation of mums that are doing so well in bringing up their kids. It's, it's a generation that understands what motherhood is about and uh, I think they're doing a fabulous job. And I'm encouraged. Like, you look around at, as Samantha mentioned, our cultural understanding of mother, of, 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 of dads and mums and gender and all that's happening. But we have a generation in the church that understands what God's perspective is and they're doing a fabulous job. And they're raising great kids. And they're raising a generation of kids that can be warriors they're going to be strong in God and they're going to do great exploits. I want to encourage the mums and the dads today and I want to encourage the older generation. Keep encouraging them. They are doing a wonderful job. Just culturally, where they sit, you know, in the spectrum of age and in culture, they have so much bombardment coming at them. This is that, should do this, should do that. But, you know, I see a generation, I see a generation bringing up a generation and they're just doing a wonderful job. So I just wanted to, wanted to say that in response to Sam and just to say to our mums and dads, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing so well. You're doing so well. There was another thought that Tim expressed this morning to a small group of people who were, who were doing, you know, on the service today about the connection that you have with the children. Uh, and I was thinking about it a couple of days ago uh, about Mother's Day and the, and the little things that our kids do in giving us stuff. <laughs> they make stuff for us. Well, you might have had a breakfast. You might have been really lucky. Um, but they they give us things, and it's not so much the gift. I can remember things that I made for my mum. My goodness, and she was so gracious, you know. But it wasn't actually the uh, the cost of the gift or anything about it. it was the connection that, hey mum, I love you, and and Tim was just saying this morning, just something. There is just something in the connection between, you know, mums or parents and their children that it wouldn't matter too much what they gave you, but they've given it to you. And your heart response is so receptive. You know, you'd do anything for them. And I was thinking about how God is with us in the same way. You know, um, how much that, that connection, um, how strong that connection is between God the Father and us, his children. And it says in Psalms... Um, 96, and you will know this one well. It says, Ascribe or give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts.
Worship the Lord in the splendour of holiness. Ever thought how gracious God is to say, come on, bring me an offering, bring me a gift. What gift is there in the world that would be good enough for God? You know? But it's like a child type of a relationship. Just bring me an offering and come into my courts and praise me. Uh, and, and so I just want to encourage you today to realise or to remember or to think upon um, how precious a gift or an offering is in the sight of God. And I want to encourage you to make sure you're keeping on giving. Make sure you keep on bringing offerings. Make sure you keep on bringing tithes. I was thinking about uh, Malachi the prophet, and it's in the book of Malachi, which is the last book before the New Testament. Malachi was doing a, a, or, or speaking for God as prophets did in the Old Testament. He wasn't saying it very nicely, but I want to say it nicely to you today. The fact is that uh, he said, the key to God's blessings is bringing tithes and offerings. He said, if you will just bring your tithes and your offerings into my house. He said, I will open the windows of heaven. Some versions say the floodgates. And I will pour you out a blessing that you can't contain. Boy, that's an easy key, isn't it? But it is a key. And it's a key because God established it firstly with Abraham. Or it's talking about Abraham because Malachi was, was saying to the people, hey, he was actually looking at the covenant and how, how they were keeping it or not keeping it. But he said, look, here's the key. It's pretty easy. <laughs> Just bring your tithes and your offerings and the heavens will open. Who wants to live under an open heaven? Who wants to receive the blessings of God? That's the key. And it's a, it's a principle, it's, it's, it's a law that God put into motion when he made the covenant or the promises with Abraham. And Abraham, you know, that's, that's Old Testament. We think Abraham, oh, he's way back, way back there. But the Abrahamic covenant, the covenant that God made, uh, with Abraham is an everlasting covenant. In other words, it, it goes into the New Testament area. It goes into now. It goes on forever. So what was promised to Abraham is ours because we're part, we, we have access to that covenant. So I want to encourage you today. Keep giving, do you know? Keep giving your tithes. Keep giving your offerings. How wonderful to sit under an open heaven where God can bless us. And, you know, if you read through Malachi and in that chapter, in chapter 2, you'll find that there are lots of things that happened because they paid their tithes and they paid their offerings. But God promised within that covenant. We're covenant people. God wants us to keep the covenant. You know, hey, guys, if you just do this, then this is going to happen. Because God said, and God is always faithful to his word. He, he, he can't help himself. You see, once he says it, that's it. That, that is absolutely it. He cannot go against his word. He, he just fulfills his word. That's, that's how it is. So I want to encourage you this morning, because our 
our uh, economic situation, you know, if we, we dwell on it, doesn't look so good, does it? Hey? Our future, our what's happening around us, it doesn't look so good. I want to encourage you not to look on that. You are aware of it. But look on the fact that God has put something in motion which is available to us and we just have to keep on keeping on with it. We just have to do it. So if you, you know, and even, even the, um, you know, the, the giving of seed money, like money that you're sowing into something, keep on giving it. Can I encourage you? Just keep on giving it. Um, in Malachi, he, he says to the, to the people he's speaking to, Malachi the prophet, he says, um, and God says, test me, try me. You d- try me out. Test me out. Keep doing it. Test me out and you'll see that I will have an open heaven for you. I will open the floodgates of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you can't take. Can I, can I just encourage you in that? Um, I, just, I, I just really feel that you know, the Lord wants to encourage you in your giving. Just keep giving. If for some reason it isn't quite where it was, think about it. Get it going again. Get into it, you know. Just keep it going. And be faithful in that and God will really bless you. So um, just a little couple of little thoughts on, on giving. And we know, I think, we know that uh, the details of giving is on our news, uh, monthly newsletter. So you can get the actual details of that. Um, or there's a letterbox somewhere, letterbox somewhere to put some money in physically. I really think it would, it, it would be great one day when we can actually just bring it. I think in the action of bringing <laughs> is for me because I'm maybe a different age group to some of you. Um, but the action of bringing means really something to me. But, but this morning, I'm going to pray. So if you put in electronically, just connect your, your brain there. Uh, if you're putting in uh, later to the letterbox or you've actually put in from here, Uh, Just connect your offering there. So let's just pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your promises. We thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. You're faithful in the area of provision. You don't want to see your people in lack, but you've put in keys in the scriptures, Lord, that help us to receive uh, from you blessings, that you uh, will and want to open heaven. and want us to walk in an, uh, an open heaven of blessings. Father, I just pray today that, um, uh, Lord, that we will just be faithful in our giving, that, Lord, you just cause us just to continue in that which we know that we've been called to do. Uh, and just we just ask that, that as we give and we give faithfully, Lord, there will be a multiplication. There will be a breakthrough. There will be the answer to financial need. There will be no lack in this church. There will be... Lord, a uh, display of your generosity uh, that the world will see, that our neighbours will see, that people will see around us that will bless them. And we, Because we want to be a blessing, Lord. We want to take your word, your gospel, and we want to bless people. So, Lord, just help this morning. Us help us in our, in our situations as we are. Uh, Lord, just to remember how good you are. And what the key is to receiving blessings and financial um, breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
Good morning. How are we going? So, sounds a bit funny. Bit, it's a bit echoey. <clears throat> I'll keep talking and you'll twiddle knobs and that'll be all good. Ah, hallelujah. You can't say Happy Mother's Day too often, can you? Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Wonderful. You know, in uh, in that poem that Sammy read, it um, talked about uh, a mother's love, the fierceness of a mother's love. (laughs) So thankful for that. And you think, well, where does it come from? Where does that come from? God is love. God is love. And, you know, I, was, I was thinking about perspective. Now, perspective is a true understanding of the relative importance of things. Perspective is a true understanding of the relative importance of things. And, you know, you, you, you've heard the, the, the different sayings, you know, keep the main thing the main thing. What's well, about perspective? Don't sweat the small stuff. That's about perspective. Because there are things that sort of, that they rank in, in, in order of, of magnitude. They rank in order of importance as far as where our attention needs to, uh, to be focused. You know, you've heard of first world problems, haven't you? You know, the person that complains that, oh, it's only two ply, I like three ply, or four ply. First world problem. You know, we can, and you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, tri- I'm not trivialising the, the the things that we go through. I'm not, because we all have experiences, and 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 some of those aren't great. But on on Wednesday, I I, I think I, I I challenge people: Do we really believe what we see in Scripture? You know, we can we can. Quote scriptures, you know, all things work together for good. For those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Do we actually believe that when we're going through stuff? Is that actually a reality for us or is that a nice thought? If God is for us, who can be against us? Is that something that we really believe? Because that will put some of the things that we experience in their proper perspective. And uh, that's not what I'm talking about this morning. <laughs> God is love. So, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm reading some uh, verses, passages out of the, the book of John. And if you, if you want to know, if you want to get um, updated on love, read John. Read his epistles. He had something, he had an understanding of, of, of love. So John, chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. 
And verse 14 says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, mercy and truth. So Jesus is the God-man. Jesus is God. That's what that, those, those verses tell us. Explicitly, he was with God and he was God. Now, we know God is, is triune, Father, Word and Spirit, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And he is collectively God. Jesus, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in the man Christ Jesus, Scripture tells us. He was God. He was God. I'd like to turn to John chapter 15. John talking about love. John chapter 15. I just want to read a passage. He's just been talking about the, the, the true vine and abiding in, uh, in that true vine. Jesus says in verse 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. And I want to read another passage, and then we'll put these together. And it's in 1 John, chapter 4. Very much along a similar, similar vein. <clears throat> 1 John, chapter 4, and verse seven, starting in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God, and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's the atonement. Beloved, 
if God is so loved us, we also ought, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Saviour of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in him and he in God. And we know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Hallelujah. You know, those passages, you, know, you, could, you could look at those. I was talking about perspective before. You could look at those passages and, and, and you can take pieces out of that and say, oh, it's talking about the commandments. We've got, to, we've got to follow the commandments. We've got to do the commandments. If we don't do the commandments, we don't love him. So it's, um, righto, we've got to do these things. It's a, it's a doing. Okay? It's a doing. So the instructions can, to keep the commandments can be looked at as a return to the law. And some people look at those passages, look at those scriptures, and they are very law-abiding Christians. And that's their, that's their focus. It's the law. But it is not. Those passages don't talk about returning to the law, anything but. It's an indication... Our keeping commandments is the indication of the level of our love walk with him. That's what it is. Now, the commandments came from the word. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This is what God has left it by the Holy Spirit, the writing of these words. The commandments are contained within these words, this, um, this book. So the commandments come from the word. Jesus is the word. Jesus is God. And God is love. Connect those dots. The commandments come from the word. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is God. And God is love. So the indicator back to us is, this, is that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. That's in, uh, or just over the page, 1 John chapter 5. And, uh, and verse 2 or 3. By this we know that we love the children of God and we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. So, you know, as we look into the word of God, as we look into scripture, it says it's a mirror. And the mirror shows back to us where we're going, where we're 
where we're up to in our, in our love walk. And it's all about our love walk. Your love is not an attribute of God. Love is God. True love is God. And guess where God resides this morning? He resides in us. If we've asked Jesus Christ to come into our heart, he resides in us. We've asked Jesus to come into our hearts. He resides in us. God lives in us. His love lives in us. You know, everything that we receive from God, we receive in a seed form. That's how it starts. Everything starts as a seed. But then if you look after the seed, it grows. If you water the seed, it grows. And it produces. It comes to maturity. And then you have a, have a harvest. So what God is doing within our hearts is something that is going to continually grow. And there's no condemnation. You know, we, we all get, we all, you know, we don't get it right all the time. We have attitudes. You know, attitudes come along and, and all of those things. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But it's a good indication. It's a good, okay, here we go. That's where we're up to. You know, I've... Um, <laughs> I've just um, started football umpiring again. I, I don't quite know how that happened, but um, it happened. And, uh, and um, you know, you get to a certain point with the umpiring and you've got observers. So you, you'll be doing your umpiring and you'll, you'll have somebody in the stand observing you and they're, they're taking the stats, you know. They're taking the unwarranted free kicks or the ones you get right or the, all, all of it. And you get feedback. So at the end of, a, end of a game or through the week, you might get an email and it'll have how many free kicks you paid, how many you got right, how many you missed, how many you paid that weren't warranted, all those things. And you think, well, and it's funny because I like to listen to people. When I'm with people, I like to listen more than I talk. And I, and, and some, of the, some of the umpires, they get really bent out of shape when they get feedback, when they get the report on their performance. They get really, really bent out of shape. And, um, oh, that's not fair. It's funny. It's, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> but, you know, we've got, we've got feedback all the time. Here it is. If we're open, you know, if you're, not, if you're an umpire and you're not open to feedback, you're not, you're not going to improve. You're not going to improve your performance. You're not going to do anything, to, to anything differently. But, you know, as, as children of God, we can be in that situation where, you know, God by his Holy Spirit through his word is speaking to us. And when he does that, and when we receive it, when we're open to it, wow, then there can be some real change, some real positive change. So that, those couple of verses said this is, this is 
the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Now, that shouldn't be a surprise to us. It shouldn't be a surprise to us. Because what did Jesus say? Matthew eleven twenty nine, Come to me, all you, are, all, the, all, the, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if we're finding things a burden, does that mean that we have not truly submitted to that being yoked with Christ and allowing Holy Spirit to lead us? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, if we have Jesus dwelling in our hearts, we have the love of God dwelling in us. Now, it might still be in seed form, I've said that, or still maturing, that's fine. You know, we're going to have a situation where we are going to have lots of baby Christians who have just received the love of God into their hearts. And, you know, God's going to do a quick work, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for that. But, you know, the instructions or the, or the commandments here is that we love one another. We're going to have lots of opportunities to love one another. Might be a little bit messy. We might have to just put aside our, well, no, not put aside, use the understanding and the maturity that God has given us to just come down to a level sometimes and love at that level and then help bring people up in their walk with God. And that's going to be good. It's going to be fun. <laughs> you know, when you're planting something, when, I've, I've um, just pulled out a lot of plants, um, you know, those useless things that make flowers. Um, what are they? Um, anyway, pulled out, pulled out some flowers and I've got quite a big patch and it's going to be a veggie garden, you know. <laughs> you grow things that you can eat. Um, <laughs> And um, I've been doing a lot of digging over, okay? A lot of digging over, a lot of breaking, you know, putting some good stuff in there and, and, uh, and all of that. And, and, you know, if you've ever tried to grow anything, breaking up the soil helps things grow. And, you know, I, I spoke about both being broken and, and being yielded before God at different times. A brokenness before God is precious in his sight. And that brokenness of heart before God helps things grow, helps what he's put within us to actually grow. Just as it does in the natural, so does it 
in the, in the spiritual. And a yieldedness, a yieldedness allows Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. That's the promise that we have. That's what Jesus said. It's better for me to go because unless I go, the helper won't come, Holy Spirit won't come and his job is to lead us into all truth. But you've got to yield to that. You've actually got to yield to truth, to him, to allow him to bring you into all truth. I'd like to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Now, Paul had such great revelation from the Holy Spirit. And uh, even Peter writes at one point that, uh, talking about Paul, that, that Paul has, has, writes many things and, and some of them are hard to, to, uh, to understand. And you know, sometimes we think, well, uh, you know, it's, it's all intellectual. Well, it's not. Because we receive the word of God into our heart and the revelation of the truth of the word of God isn't intellectually based. In fact, sometimes our intellect can be a, 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 um, a blocker. It's all about heart. So Ephesians chapter 3 and I'm going to start in verse 14. Now, Paul has been talking about the mystery, the mystery of God. And the mystery is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Completely off the, off the scale as far as, as Old Testament, no, no concept of what God was going to do in, um, in the Old, Old Testament as far as God dwelling within Actually, God living inside. The mystery of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, there it is, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask and think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So Paul writes that the comprehension of the love of God is something, that's his prayer, that we might comprehend, that we might be able to grasp the love of God. What is the width, the length, the depth and height? 
And I was looking at, at those words, because um, I like looking at words, <laughs> and I'm thinking width. It was really deep. I got my concordance, looked up the word width, and it said width. And I don't like it when I don't like it when you, you get the word and it just you know the definition is the word. But anyway, we know what width is. It's how wide the thing is. And then it had length. And it was length. But it was akin to, there was another word that it, in the meaning it says akin to. And the word actually in the Greek was megas. M-E-G-A-S. Mega. And we, we use that prefix today. Mega. What does that what does that sound to you? The word mega. Anyone? Big. You know, you get the shows on telly mega structure. What's it talking about? Big. Big. Length. Big length. But then it said depth. And part of the definition of depth was the extent, the mystery, and the deepness. <laughs> the depth of the love of God. Paul prayed that we would understand the depth of the love of God. The extent of the love of God. The mystery of the love of God. The deepness of the love of God. And you know, naturally, as, as a building is being built, I used to love going down to, to Melbourne. You know, there's so many big buildings there now, but, but um, every now and again we go down to Melbourne and, and only young, I used to like to go up to the, you know, to the boards, they'd board it all off and they'd have these little viewing windows and they'd just be starting a skyscraper. I just love to go and... Look down, how far, how huge a hole in the ground that there was when they were doing the foundations. It just seemed, how can you make a square hole that deep? You know, stories and stories and stories down, underground. And you know what they were going to build, don't you? They were going to build a skyscraper. <laughs> So they had to have the foundation. And Paul, Paul prays here that we would understand the foundation of the love of God. How deep that is. How solid that is. How unmovable that is. <laughs> because then, it's width, length, depth and height. And height... Part of that definition was elevation, altitude, and the sky. <laughs> and you've, you've heard that expression too. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. There are no limits in the love of God. Now, our, our, um, our experience in the love of God will depend on our openness to the revelation that the Holy Spirit wants to 
to bring to us. And he wants to bring that to each and every one of us. But, you know, from that I get there's, there, there is no upper limit. So long as we understand the depth of the love of God that he has for us. And that becomes a revelation in our life. <laughs> our expression of the love of God to other people will have no limit. Will have no limit. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So you say, okay, right out. that's the love of God and that's the word made flesh and Jesus is God and God is love and Jesus lives in us, the love of God lives in us, right? So how do we how do we come into how do we come into the to that that understanding that that comprehension of the love of God? And you know there there are some practicals. There are some absolute practicals. Now, any love relationship any love relationship, any relationship you have, what does it benefit from? Benefits from time spent together and an openness and an intimacy. So time spent, you can't not spend time to develop that closeness and that openness of relationship. So the time that we spend with God is never, ever wasted. And you know, there's, there's, there's different layers in, in that. There is our, our personal time with God. Our personal time, spending time just with God take the distractions out of the way and commune, speak to God. And that's such a vital component of, of our relationship. But, you know, spending some time in prayer and then forgetting about God for the rest of the day um, isn't of any great help either. Because we've got to include him into every element of our walk. Every element of our walk. It doesn't matter what it is. Now, I walked out onto the, uh, the football ground yesterday and, and, you know, it's been... Goodness me, it's been about six years since I've done a senior football game. And it's pretty full on. It's pretty full on. So I invited the Holy Spirit to just be with me through that game. Help me, Lord. <laughs> God's very practical. He wants to be in every part of what we do. Very practical. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> And you know that that in a, in a relationship, there's a there's an openness that has to be there. You know, we talk about communication in relationships, and you know, no secrets. 
And if you don't have any secrets in a relationship, wow. <sighs> wow. And you know, God knows our heart, but in our, our humanity, sometimes we just sort of section off parts and, and say, well, you know, I don't want you looking at that God, <laughs> so I'm just not going to say anything about that. But God wants us to be just so open with him that we would present all that we are to him. You know, if we'll do that, if we'll actually do that. It's a great way to develop our relationship with God. And as we're doing that, we are watering that seed that he has placed within us because the love of God is within you. It is already within you. And you know, there's some very, very practical elements that God has made available for us. And one of the absolute beauties is, is he has given us his Holy Spirit. So in Jude um, 20, verse 20, it says, But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. So he's given us, when Holy Spirit comes in, he's given us a prayer language. And we can keep ourselves in the love of God. You know, sometimes we neglect. You know, if you've, if you've been baptised in the Holy Spirit and, and have that prayer language, sometimes we've got it. We don't use it. Why would you do that? He's given, it to, he's given that to us. And, you know, First um, Corinthians chapter 14, I'm not going to read... Um, um, all of that but um, I would encourage you to, to have a look at that because Paul actually um, talks about different gifts prophecy and tongues and, and he's talking in relation to um, uh, when, when the people came together how, how different things um, were to operate because um, in the Corinthian church there was a little bit of a mess, um, everybody playing with their new toys um, all at once, all together. <laughs> um, but just a couple of verses out of, out of chapter 14 regarding speaking in tongues. Paul writes, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So that prayer language, it is a prayer language that we are speaking to God and they're mysteries because my mind is unfruitful unless there's someone to interpret. My mind is unfruitful but I'm actually praying a perfect prayer to God and my mind can't mess with it. 
<laughs> does your mind mess with things sometimes? Mine does. That's unfortunate, and, and you know, God's. I'm not where, I'm not where I was, but I'm, I'm not where I'm going to be. So it's a, it's a process. So there's that element. Uh, in verse four, it says, "He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but uh, he who prophesies edifies the church." So he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now that word "edified" means to build up and that's what we read in uh, Jude building yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit so he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself and verse 5 Paul said I wish that you all spoke with tongues what does that mean that means that not all did that's what Paul said I wish that you all did so, you know, there's, that avail- there's always that availability because God wants to empower and impart all that he is into his people. And it's a, it's a once again, it's a seeing it in the word, believing what God says is available and not struggling, not striving, but just receiving. That's how we... That's, That's where things come from, from God. It is the gift. And that's how how Holy Spirit is is mentioned many times in Scripture. You know, in Matthew, Jesus spoke about um, receiving from God and about gifts that uh, are given. You know, if if somebody asks uh, a father... For a, uh, I'll better read it. <laughs> Matthew chapter seven. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. So there actually has to be a desire coming from the heart of the person for what God has available. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who, will your Father who is in heaven, give you good things? to those who ask him. So there is, that, there is that desire that needs to come from the individual for the things of, of, of God. And if we ask, promises there that he will give. And when Peter stood up and gave the first sermon of the, uh, of the new church, the New Testament church, there was a response And it was a great response. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. Verse 37, when they heard what Peter had said, uh, they were cut to their heart and they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, then Peter said to them, Repent 
And let every one of you be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Salvation. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as our Lord God will call. To you, first generation. To your children, next generation. To as many as the Lord will call, those who are far off, every generation after that. So it's called the gift and it's called the promise. And that's what Jesus called it, called the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. It says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. So some, there are some practicals that, that, that we can live in, that we can actually employ, that we can actually do to both keep ourselves in the love of God and develop that relationship. And God knows each and every one of us individually. He knows what we need, when we need it, and our heart response to him at all times. And, you know, as... As we are open before God, God will impart. As that's the desire of our heart and we just yield before him, he will impart. Hallelujah. You know, right at the, at the end of the... This isn't the wedding, so I'm not going to read First Corinthians chapter 13. But right at the end of, of that passage, it's quite often read at, 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 um, at Christian weddings. <coughs> it talks about <coughs> three that abide. Now abide faith, hope and love but the greatest of these is love. And, you know, we have a desire in this church to see God moving in his power. And, you know, that's operation of faith. That's an operation of faith. But the Bible says that faith works through love. Faith works through love. And, you know, if we, can, if we can up our love walk, increase our, our understanding, increase, open ourselves up to the revelation of all God has as far as the love that he's put within us. Boy, sky's the limit. <laughs> there is no limit. There is no limit in God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray that your words... will find their place. Lord, that your word will find its place in every heart this morning. Lord, I pray that there would be a stirring in every heart, Lord, just to go deeper in you. Lord, to search you out. Lord, to open our hearts in yieldedness and, and, and even brokenness, Lord, before you. <laughs> 
And Lord, in that, Lord, that you would truly help us to understand the width and length and depth and height of the love that you have for us and the love that you've placed within us. Lord, help that to grow. And Lord, we thank you for the fruit that will be produced through the love that you've placed in our hearts today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to have communion, so if you've got your little our little cups up the back, straight up the back and over yonder. Thanks, Dad. That was really, really good. You want to get me one, Dad? Can you do one? Thanks. I love talking about love. I love listening about love. <laughs> yeah. You know, what we get to remember at communion is exactly that. is the gift of love that God enabled us to live in. No longer did we have the instructions and the plan on the outside in written form, but we had the living word inside. And while Dad was speaking, I just thought, isn't that, isn't that what happens? It's, it's the question we need to ask ourselves is, where are we going to let him in? And how much of our heart are we going to let him touch because it's often not a, a mental uh, question we ask ourselves or it's a mental decision to exclude him. But what love does in our hearts is change us. It changes something. Always for the better. <laughs> but sometimes we're resistant to change. We're resistant to the unknown to something that we might not expect. So let's just take what that word that, that Dad gave us this morning and consider what area are we not letting the gift of love impact us? What area of our heart may we be resistant to change, to let him in, <laughs> to impact us? Because the love of God does exactly that. It grows us. But a necessary part of growth is change. Whew. So let's, let's get our little, uh, little biscuit. And why don't we stand as we take communion? Father, we thank you so much. We thank you so much. And we will never stop thanking you. 
as we uncover the depths of what you did for us. Lord, let us never think that we know it all. Because, Father, there is always deeper that we can go. Father, there is always a new level in you, Father. Lord, we thank you. And we receive. Lord, we ask that you take us to that new level. That you help us open a new area of our heart and our life for you to teach us and grow us. Let's partake of that little bit of bread. And the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are wonderful. Amen. Well, it's been a wonderful morning. It's been such a good morning, but we're not quite done yet. I hear some little people coming in, which is a good sign, because we have uh, another treat, a final treat, a wonderful gift uh, to the mothers this morning. And to, to share that, I would like to invite Hudson and Coral up to the front. Um, Hudson's got something here he's going to read out. So Hudson's actually going to pray for all the mums. And Charlie just wanted to help as well. So he's going to stand with his brother, aren't you? Stand next to Hudson. I'll hold this for you. Okay, so everyone's heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank you, God, for our mums. Thank you for the way they love us. Today we ask that you bless them. Help them to be guided by you and to guide us. Help them by giving them your wisdom. Show them how much... You love them and how much we love them. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Hudson. Woohoo! And, oh, yes. And we've got some other people. They can come now, Lyndon. Yeah, great. So we have some gifts here uh, to enjoy. The, the amazing servers here will hand them out to all the mums and then I'm sure if there's some leftovers you can uh, everyone else can have some as well <laughs> it's for everyone oh well there you go maybe the mums can just have one first all right thank you enjoy these scones no I do have some uh, I do have some announcements while you are while you are eating thank you yeah Please feel free to take a scone and eat while I say some final words. Wonderful. Look, really the only one that is present in my mind right now is that Thursday. We have men's ministries back on. I have, yes, there's an excited man over there. I am very excited about that. It's been a a long time. It feels like it's been a long time. Oh, can I have one? Can I have one? Thank you. 
amazing. I can't speak and talk, eat at the same time, but I'll hold it. Um, so men's ministry, uh, 7.30 on this Thursday at Tim Maxwell's house. So please be there. It's going to be a great, great time. Does anyone else have anything that I need to say? Burning. No, the road on Allies Road, that's not open yet. So you'll have to, if you come that way, go around Shoemaker's Lane and then up Hermitage Road. Good question. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming out this morning. We'll be hanging out and having fun. Enjoy the rest of your Mother's Day.